I think in terms of a life lesson, just get started is the first quote that comes to mind. Hey everyone, I am Rish and welcome to Inspired, the podcast, the community featuring inspiring people across numerous disciplines with passion to share their wisdom with us. In each episode, I will have insightful and fun conversations with inspiring people on their professional journey, their successes, struggles, lessons learned and much more. Today's guest needs no introduction. You all know her. I think the world of data community knows her. She speaks to over 160,000 plus followers on LinkedIn and is the founder of Datacated and the host of popular show Datacated on air. She also runs the Datacated Circle, which is a community for data professionals. And I always ensure to follow the rich content she shares for our data community. And these resources personally have been such a big help for me in my learning journey. Thrilled to welcome Kate Trachny on Inspired and excited for our conversation today and learning from Kate. Kate. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm delighted to have you on Inspired. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me here today. I actually listened to a couple of your episodes this morning from uh, Dustin Chinnick and Ravit Jain. Of course, I had to listen to Ravit's episode. So great, great podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks. Thanks, Kate. Uh, so there are so many topics to discuss, but today we will be discussing about data catered, building a career in data, building your personal brand, which I know is also uh, your LinkedIn course that is uh, coming soon, and also about your upcoming book, Colorwise with O'Reilly Media. Uh, but before I start, you know, diving, start diving into these specific topics, would love to start with your journey, which I believe you started your career in finance with uh, GRP GARP, and then now to finding data credit. Uh, so if you can take us through your journey so far, and maybe if you can share some pivotal moments in your career that led to data credit. Yes, absolutely. I'll try to do a, a quick run through of what happened uh, since I graduated in 2009 with a finance degree. Uh, it, was un, un, it was at the time of the financial crisis here in, in the US and actually I think globally, right, where a lot of banks that I hope to have been working for, they were under a hiring freeze because of the financial crisis. So I was sort of stuck. Uh, I just graduated college and obviously I just wanted a job, right? Everyone out of college, what's the one thing they want? They want a job, they want to start getting paid. And I ended up going to networking events because I didn't know what else to do. Every time you sen- submitted an application, it sort of went nowhere, it was like a black hole. Um, I was lucky enough to meet uh, somebody who worked at, at GARP, it's the Global Association of Risk Professionals. And we were just networking and he's like, hey, send me your resume. I assumed he was just intoxicated and having fun at the event. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next day I followed up and said, nice to meet you. And interestingly, he's like, yes, Kate, where's the resume? I'm like, oh, he was serious. So that was how I got hired for for my first job. I was in charge of selling risk training and then ended up selling to a bank where their chief risk officer ended up hiring me away from from GARP. So I spent about a year as a risk analyst. And at that time, I was blogging on risk management topics. I, I always liked sharing my, my thoughts and sort of anytime I learned something, I like to take people on the journey. And interestingly, Deloitte saw my blog, my risk articles blog, and they're like, hey, do you want to come in for an interview? And I was not thinking of consulting or even leaving the bank. I really liked it there. But I'm like, yeah, sure, I guess. Let's go for an interview. And I'll never get it, right? I didn't think I would actually get the job. So I spent about eight and a half years at Deloitte. I ended up getting the job. Um, I was a consultant at some point, and then 
when I was expecting my, my first child about eight years ago, I, I actually got introduced to data analytics because I wanted to stop traveling. I wanted to stop working these longer hours. And they found me a role that was internal. It let me work from home before working from home was the norm. And it, they basically gave me a tool called Tableau, a data visualization tool. They gave me a data set and they basically said, hey, give us some insights, right? And that was my first introduction to data analytics, data visualization. It was completely love at first sight. I, I fell in love with it. I'm like, data visualization is so awesome. I, I took every training I could. I really tried to break into data science. And uh, again, I was sharing my journey along the way on LinkedIn. So fast forward to about March, 2020, I decided to go off on my own. Um, didn't know it was gonna be a global pandemic at the time, to be fair, to start my own, start my own business, but I felt like it was a, a really good time for me to, to jump into this space and uh, been with, with dedicated ever since for a little over two years now. Well, that's a great journey. And it speaks the power of networking, like your first job, power of networking, and then uh, what landed uh, you a job in Deloitte is also you sharing and learn, you know your contents and the and the learning that you have, and talking about Tableau that was also my first kind of BI visualization tool that I was exposed to and I fell in love with it, and you know it intrigued me. It was in my first job as well, and I kept on you know this is something I want to do and this is something I like doing. It, yeah. it shows the importance of the right tool as well in the at the right time if you get introduced to it you can probably fell in love with uh, the domain, which is in our case, data science and analytics. Yeah. Uh, great journey. Uh, you've done so much and, you know, for, for the community and you're involved in so many things. Uh, for, for, for people who are listening to these, this episode, let me list down a few. Uh, founder of Data Carried, author of The Disruptor, Data Science Leaders, author of Journey to Data Scientists, co-author of Data Literacy for Kids, co-author of Mothers of Data Science, <laughs> Advisory board member of Initiative for Analytics and Data Science Standards, advisory board member for International Association for Data Quality Governance, and now also running Data Carried Podcast and doesn't end here. You know, you are also working on LinkedIn Learning Course and a book, Mother of Two Kids plus an active runner. Okay, I I am now exhausted saying all these things. <laughs> how do you manage all this? Uh, what has been the source of your energy? And, you know, how do you manage your time? Um, thanks. Yeah, that, that sounds like a lot, but it, it really isn't. I also want to read 60 books this year. So that's another thing on my list. I really, um, I hope I'll, I'll make that, that goal, but I think it's all about proper time management and doing what you love. I, I always tell people, you know, a lot of people like Netflix, right. Or watching TV or something like that. So for me, this feels like Netflix. I don't enjoy sitting around watching TV that much. It, it sort of like makes me think like, maybe I should be doing something. So for me, being active on LinkedIn or creating content is actually fun. So it doesn't even feel like work. And I am very, very um, strategic and specific about how I use my time. So I'll, I'll quickly share my, my work schedule with you so you could see how I, I have to fit everything in. Um, I typically I wake up at 5 a.m. every day, not just weekdays. So every single day I wake up at 5 a.m., which means I go to bed around 9, 9.30. So I'm, I always make sure to get enough sleep. My, my kids wake up around 7, 6.37. So I have that two-hour time block in the morning where I can actually get some really good work done, whether it's typing out an article that I need to share or working on the course or the book or these really focused items. Then they wake up, I take them to school. 
And then again, I have from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. sort of to, to do work. So I, I use Calendly a lot and a lot of other technology that I can go through like Canva and, and the, the script and other tools that really help me do my job. So I don't even need to hire help because the technology really helps me. I block my calendar on Mondays and Fridays. So I usually don't take calls Mondays and Fridays. And then I can only take calls from 9 a.m. to um, 11 a.m. and then 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. So just those basically three hours of blocks for those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, uh, which means I have a lot of time to work on things without being disrupted. I think a lot of times we think, okay, I'll just take this quick 20 minute call. But then that breaks up your whole day because you can't plan to go somewhere or work a longer stretch because uh, then you have to get back home or something to, to hop on this call and take care of little business. So I think being strategic about when you want to do what, it can go a really long way. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good learning for me too, because I have this habit of getting distracted. Uh, <laughs> so certainly like blocking the times uh, where you, you are dedicating your time to just to that thing, uh, definitely work. And, you know, getting up at 5 a.m., that gives you a lot of time. Uh, I was reading a book, uh, The 5 a.m. Club. Uh, I think a lot of leaders, uh, global leaders we have seen, uh, have uh, they do start their day very early. Uh, so mm -hmm. they get a lot of work done uh, early in the day. Uh, thanks yes. for sharing that. Uh, I'm going to now dive into where you have been spending most of your time recently, uh, which is data carried. Uh, tell us more about that, you know, your vision about data carried and the data carried circle community. Uh, mm -hmm. Who is it for? You know, how, how it started? How do you plan to meet the vision that you have created for data carried? Yes, sure. So I'll start with the fact that um, dedicated, I forgot how I actually came up with it, but I remember thinking it's kind of like being dedicated to data. Plus it kind of sounds like Kate in there, dedicated. Uh, a lot of people have suggested I swap the C for the K, but I, I think not everybody would understand what I'm trying to do there. Um, so my, my vision for the company is it's, it's a media company. So I essentially, I work with clients like uh, Tipco and SciSense and DataRobot and ThoughtSpot to help them reach an audience on LinkedIn. I am branching out slowly to other social media platforms, but for the most part, it's just um, helping them position themselves as thought leaders, walking through what works and what doesn't. Um, if they have a webinar coming up, trying to help them get the right audience to that webinar. So really connecting individuals. And it's something I've always done just naturally in, uh, in, in life in general. So being paid to do something that I do anyways has been amazing. So that's, that's the dedicated media side of the business. And then we do have something called Dedicated Circle, which is this online community. It started out as a dedicated academy where I had online trainings like dedicated storytelling. And then we have a data to dashboard series with um, SciSense and TIPCO and Tableau and Power BI and Python and R, Excel. And essentially it was a, the theory was to get the same data set to create the same dashboard, but using all these different tools. So I had all those courses up in the dedicated academy. And then I was trying to create a discussion board where I can host the community platform as well. So I came up with something called Dedicated Circle where we essentially brought the courses into the same platform in, as well as we have a discussion board and all of these topics. And the community is generally for data professionals that are interested in data visualization, data storytelling, data analytics. Um, others are obviously welcome to join as well, but since the courses and most of the discussions that take place are on those topics. That's, that's who I generally 
uh, thank the communities for. Yeah, I've met some amazing folks in the community, and I've been in like regular touch with them. Uh, there's so much learning uh, from them in like the entire community, uh, the data carrier community, and I'm pretty sure the courses are really good uh, that are on on the community. Uh, and there are so many people who have taken inspirations from you uh, and the content that you have shared uh, and also the community to either get started in their data career journey or even, you know, who are already in this profession to get to the next level. Uh, what are your thoughts about how someone can start with building a career in data or who is already there, how they can keep growing in the data space because it's ever evolving, you know, one tool that we learned today or things which are there today may be obsolete tomorrow and you have to learn something else. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, especially for those who are getting started, I think it's important to get a broader understanding of the entire data analytics process, right? So have an understanding of what happens to data when it's collected, when it's cleaned, when it's analyzed, when it's visualized, data storytelling. And then sort of um, when you get that understanding, Try to pick the area that you are actually excited about. For me, it was data visualization and data storytelling. So concepts like data quality, data governance, they were not interesting for me. While there are some people like, let's say, George Fierkin, you talk to him about data governance, data quality, and he's, he'll get all excited about data catalogs. And for me, I'm like, okay, leave that to somebody else to do. And then I have friends who are, you know, like Susan Walsh, she's really into data cleaning and organizing and classification. Uh, so I think knowing your passions and your strengths is very helpful, uh, but having that broader understanding of what the entire process is like, so then you can know what to expect from, you know, why does data have to be clean? Oh, because when we visualize data, that's how it impacts us, getting that understanding. And I think just talking to people in the space, that's how I got into data analytics. So I had that job, but um, I actually started interviewing people for my humans and data science um, video podcast that I started many, many years ago. And I actually just asked them like, hey, how did you get the job? What do you, what do you actually do for a living? Because a lot of times we think we want to be a data scientist, right? But we don't really understand what does it mean to be a data scientist? Great, we're gonna make a lot of money. Okay, but are we gonna like it? Are we gonna be happy? So that's for, for getting into, data, in, into a data career. I think once you're already in the space, you you have a better understanding. So let's say you're in data engineering and you think um, you want to get closer to, to the business side. So you wanna focus more on data storytelling and data communication. Um, I think at that point you already have some background. So it might be even an easier shift because you already know more about the process. You have some skills that can back it up. So I think shifting into different roles and that could be done through applying for those jobs, obviously, but also my favorite, which is networking, talking to those people and saying, hey, I'm a data engineer now, but I really want to get into data storytelling. You know, if there's someone you can shadow maybe and somebody you can help out, offer free help, a lot of times people will take you up on it. And then guess what? Then you have experience, right? So then you actually know uh, if you're good at this or if you want to pursue this. Um, so experimenting is, is also key there. You raised a very important point about you know, knowing your strength. If I had to like take, give an advice to a younger me, I, I would probably take that because even till now, you know, sometimes you struggle, you want to do so many things because yeah. the, the area is so vast. Like, as you mentioned, governance, data science, everyone wants to be a data scientist, but is, is that something you want to enjoy? You will enjoy, you don't know that, right? So, 
and then with the plethora of resources that are out there sometimes you get all confused i'm like maybe is this for me or maybe is this not for me because you're not spending the time in the right place which is your passion within the data yeah. space like where you are and maybe you can excel there uh, and i i personally think that could be considered as one of the pitfall that one should avoid when they are starting the journey in 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 the data like understanding their strength uh what do you think could be some other pitfalls that one should always avoid uh, especially when they're starting the journey in building a career in data yeah i think so you mentioned trying to trying to do it all i think also trying to do the more advanced things before you've mastered the basics um i hear i hear individuals wanting to get right into machine learning or ai and algorithms um but they don't have the basics of like stats 101 right so i think taking the going through that process and learning from the ground up so learning as much as you can along the way and i think it's so easy to do that if you're passionate about it so if you think of your your hobby i don't know what what's your what's your hobby outside of all this data stuff what do you like i play cricket i love sports you play cricket yeah okay so you can see you have a huge smile i play cricket <laughs> you're like i could you probably know everything about cricket you would do this in your free time you can watch it you could play it you can If you have kids you probably get them into it because you're so excited and i think that's that's the same with a career it doesn't have to be any different it doesn't have to be like oh man now i have to do 2 hours of training no it's like i get to do 2 hours of training i remember when i just had my first child i was like while she napped i was watching youtube videos of like all this data stuff and in the interviews such as this i was just trying to get an understanding of what's what and taking a deep dive and i think that only comes with this really true excitement and passion for for what it is you're going to be doing right uh because when i play cricket i i never feel like you know my body is tiring that's something i enjoyed so much yeah. and it's same as you rightly put uh, about what you're doing in there like you have to enjoy it and then coming back to the point that you raised initially it doesn't feel like you know it's it's work because you're enjoying it so much uh I'm going to change the gears a bit uh, and moving to uh, uh, personal branding which is something uh, you know there's a lot to learn from you uh, on that space and uh, so you, you have to define your personal brand and that could be different for you know different people and how so how important do you think is it to first identify your personal brand and then going about building it because what I feel it it becomes really difficult uh, to identify it first well i think it's all easy everything is easy right you do it with a smile so i think yes personal branding is extremely important when you think about it and i think this in 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 terms of uh linkedin because that's where i spend most of my time a lot of times you know there's a job let's say data scientist role and you know hundreds of thousands of people are going after this this job because it's you know it's something that's enjoyable it has a a high uh, high price tag there for for salary now there's a lot of competition Uh, because a lot of people want that specific job what helps you stand out is your personal brand so being recognized as the go-to person for whatever it is you want to be recognized for right it could be a, an expert in tableau or really good at programming or tech presentations building that brand is so important we started talking about data topics in like 2017 2016 yeah probably around 2017 i started talking about data analytics all the time online I started getting all these job offers um invitations to be on advisory boards 
invitations to speak at conferences, be interviewed for podcasts, teach at um, teach at schools like machine learning. At I believe it was at Columbia University. Like just being invited to all sorts of things. And the reason was it's because I talked about a specific topic. Now I think for for folks listening, if you have a hard time defining your personal brand. I think you just taking the time, maybe even just 15 minutes, it shouldn't take you too long and write down, write, write your name in a circle and then write down all the things that are relevant for you. It could be professional or not professional. So for me, it would be like running and data analytics and storytelling and building, you know, marketing, writing all those words, and then sort of try to take a few more minutes and tie it all together. A lot of times you'll tell people that your personal brand is something you're good at, but Sometimes you're good at the thing that you don't enjoy doing. For example, I was good at cleaning up PowerPoint decks at Deloitte. I was so good. It was always like, oh, call Kate. She's going to create all this stuff. Did I like it? No. Was I good at it? Yes. So I, I had this brand of like the go-to person for PowerPoint presentations, but I did not like that. So I changed my own personal brand by talking more about data analytics. I started teaching other departments how to use Tableau. I showed them what you could do with dashboards and how you can speed up reporting and all that. So getting an understanding of what you want to be known for and writing that down, even if it's just five hashtags or words that you want to be recognized for, that's step one. Um, go ahead. You look like you want to say something. No, I, I'm intrigued about, uh, as you shared, the story about moving from PowerPoint to Tableau uh, how it translated from things you don't like doing, but you're good at to translating it to things you like doing and also helping the business community. I, I find it so intriguing as a business case or as a case uh, where, you know, you've translated your skills into things that you like doing. Yes, yes. I think it's, it's important to do the things we like doing. Life is short. And, you know, if, if, you, can, if you can do what you like doing, why, why do the other thing, right? So that, that step one is I, the defining what you want to be recognized for. I think step two is, I, I use social media quite a bit and I know not everyone is as comfortable as coming out there very publicly, but there are things you can do to engage with the communities of the brand that you're trying to build. And I'll, I'll focus here on data analytics because that's just sort of the, the topic of discussion here. Um, I started talking to other data professionals either through private messaging commenting on their content, or finally creating original content of my own. And I think that really helped because now when people think of Kate, they had to think of dedicated or data or data analytics, storytelling. And it's sort of, you know, when, when people say your name, what comes to mind? You can even ask some of your close friends and colleagues like, hey, what do you, what do you think I'm good at? What do you think I should be known for? And just write down what everybody says, and then you'll, you'll have sort of this complete picture of what people already think about you. Um, and then either build on that or change it completely, depending on which direction you want to go in with your own life. Yeah, we have uh, we have this activity that we're gonna run in my in my uh, team. Uh, I picked it up from uh, what you shared as well, uh, like five things that come to your mind. Uh, oh. So that'll be interesting. Uh, we are talking about personal branding, which is a great segue to learn more about your upcoming LinkedIn uh, learning course as well on personal branding. Uh, tell us more about it, like how it all started, especially the collaboration with LinkedIn. You know, when is it coming and what can people expect from it? 
Yeah, so it's interesting the way it came about. Um, there was a lady who joined my dedicated circle, which is that online platform we talked about. She messaged me on that platform saying, hey, do you want to teach a course for LinkedIn Learning? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, because I have courses on my own platform. I usually say no, because I like to focus on, on that stuff. But it was LinkedIn, right? And I love LinkedIn. So I'm like, let's, let's chat. And they wanted me to build a course. I think it was on data visualization or Tableau or some, some sort of um, more technical course. And I, I just, I'm so into personal branding right now. So I've offered to design a course on personal branding in the tech space, specifically on how to do this on LinkedIn. And after a while, they decided this was a good idea. So the next step was they sent me seven big boxes of equipment to record in my own house. Um, they, they typically fly people out to California, but because of COVID and stuff, it's just not as easy right now. Uh, so yeah, they sent me all the equipment. It took a full day to set it up, two days to record. And now it's going to take a couple of months uh, for them to actually edit. They are very, very specific and particular in terms of coming up with very good quality content, which is another reason I said yes. I wanted to learn the best practices of recording and the equipment they used. But the course itself, it actually takes individuals on the journey of why is personal branding important in this space? How do you actually define your brand? Um, how to get started with posting content and engaging with others? And along the way, we actually have something I call brand missions, where let's say you watch a four or five minute video, then we stop and say, okay, Rishab, you watch this video, now go on a mission, it's your turn. Go connect with 10 individuals or, you know, go create your very first post. And I give them ideas of how to post. And I personally can't wait for this course to come out because I've, I've taught people in that course, everything I know, like all the tips and tricks on how to actually do this. So I can't wait to get this out there. And we can't wait for it to come out and, you know, learn from it. Uh, so excited about that. And also, uh, as we were discussing about personal brand and uh, the five keywords, as you mentioned, uh, I saw a post, as I mentioned to you, as, uh, on LinkedIn from your, uh, from your, uh, from you, uh, telling about you know what are the key five keywords that come uh, on your mind uh, when you think about a person. And storytelling and visualization was also two keywords that you had mentioned. And I know this is something you are passionate about, and you have also have a book uh, coming up with O'Reilly, which relates to storytelling and visualization. Uh, tell us more about storytelling, visualization, your passion for it, and also about this upcoming book, uh, though, really. Yes, absolutely. So I've, I've, like I said, fell in love with uh, the data storytelling, data visualization about eight years ago. And I just learned that very small tweaks in your data visualization can make such a big difference in your presentation. I clearly remember but the first data visualization I built was disgusting. It was just, it was so bad. It was cluttered. It was, and then um, people seem to just accept it. They're like, it is what it is, right? But then as I learned, I Googled best practices. I read all the books on data storytelling and visual best practices and just learned as much as I could. And I started improving in my own work because that's the best thing you can do, right? You, I really wanted to secure this job because like I said, I had a kid at home. I wanted to stay home. So I needed to make sure that I'm really good at this job so I don't have to be sent back into traveling and consulting. Uh, so I was very invested in this. And as I learned all those best practices, I, I wanted to share them. So again, I started posting content. But I remember the first visual that I put out was pretty bad. And then I kept making tweaks. 
every week. And we use that visual all the time. I'm pretty sure it's still being used um, at the company. It was, it was uh, part of their new hire process. And I remember the person I was reporting to, he was like, Kate, I don't know what you're doing, but every time I see it, it looks better. I don't know what you're changing because he doesn't, he doesn't realize what has changed, but he knows it's better. And the changes were small, right? It was like removing grid lines or changing the colors or changing the sizes of charts to look better visually. And it's something that comes with practice and just looking at things that look good so you can understand what good looks like and then you can emulate that. So the way this led to the book is, is pretty interesting. I, I wanted to write a book on the proper use of color for data visualization, because I think it's sort of overlooked. A lot of times we get tools like Tableau, Power BI and Click, and we have so many options for colors, right? We, just, we could just throw the rainbow on a chart and, and it's exciting. And what, what I realized was that, you know, taking the time to change the colors can have this much bigger impact. I remember posting on LinkedIn saying I was looking for a publisher and I was talking about to Manning, Wiley, O'Reilly and Pact. And um, I ended up working with, with O'Reilly, which I'm really excited about, uh, that they took a chance on this very, very specific topic of uh, color for data storytelling. And we ended up calling the book Colorwise. And that is still in the works. We're about halfway through the editing process. I still have to write more. I'm gonna do that this week actually. So. Lots of work going in there. Great. I mean, we are excited about it. And uh, I do a lot of like visualization and I think it will be a personally of a great help to me as well uh, when the book comes out. So I'm going to keep a watch out for that. Uh, and uh, I know you keep running a lot of events that they created about storytelling visualization. Are there any events planned for dedicated on storytelling or any other events that exciting events that you want to share up? or our community and how we can sign up for it? Yes, absolutely. So I do have a weekly live show. It's called The Dedicated Show. I have had to take a few weeks of a break because I was, I was traveling for work and then I was recording this course, but we're getting back into it in a week or two. Um, it's Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, and you could sign up for those on the dedicated.com site, or you can actually just tune in to just go on my LinkedIn profile at 11 a.m. Eastern every Tuesday. And, and catch the live show. Those live shows are then um, turned into the dedicated on air podcast, which if people like the, um, the edited recording, they can, they can catch that as well. For sure. Uh, we'll definitely look to sign up for that. Uh, like before we go, uh, I know you have like so much of experience in data marketing, which we have discussed and branding. And there are always things, you know, that one could learn, especially with the kind of experience you have. I'm pretty sure there would be so much uh, learning that you have had to go. But if you have to take like one life lesson and share it with our community from all your experience, what would that be? Um, thank you. Yes, I think in terms of a life lesson, just get started is the first quote that comes to mind. We come up with, and humans are so good at rationalizing why we should not do a specific thing. Um, even, even my first podcast interview, I almost backed out of it because my, my rational brain was like, but what do you even know? You shouldn't be on there. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Shut up, rational brain. Let's just do it and see what happens. Same thing with my first conference. I was so nervous. We had over 7,000 people registered. And I see these numbers going up. And I almost didn't do the whole conference because I was freaking out. Uh, but I think the best things in life uh, come after the fact that you get started. So whatever it is that you're wanting to do, 
whether it's getting that first job or moving up in your career, building a personal brand, writing a book, creating a course, I don't know, whatever it is, running a marathon, just getting started and taking those first steps shows you that it's not as scary as you thought it was. And, you know, remind yourself that most people are not even willing to try. So because you're out there, you should already be proud of yourself. Yeah, Yeah, I had the same thought when I started with the podcast. And then I was like, let me just get started and I'll see. I'll keep on improving with every episode. Exactly. Let's let's get started. Uh, So great learning. Uh, And that's it from my end. And thank you so much, Kate, for being with us today. It was a pleasure hosting you. And there was so much for us to learn and pretty sure for the entire community to learn from the uh, brief time that we were able to spend and uh, learn from your experience. And uh, before we leave, and I don't think so, I need to ask where people can find and connect with you. I'm pretty sure all of uh, the community must already be following you, but I would still open this opportunity for people who are new to the data community. Well, where can people find and connect with you? I'd say LinkedIn is probably the number one place where we can we can chat and connect. Um, other than LinkedIn, uh, I would say dedicated.com is a good place to go to just see what we're up to. If you have a conference coming up or the, the dedicated shows, or if you wanted to learn more about the dedicated circle community. Perfect. Uh, this was a pleasure hosting you and many thanks everyone for tuning in today. If you know someone who you think we should interview, or if you would like to connect with me, drop me a line on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. I hope you have an amazing day. Stay happy, stay healthy, and be inspired. Thank you.